0: So whenever I make pesto, I'll also incorporate spinach into it, um, mm. which my kids have no idea that that happened and they love it.
1: Wow.
0: And then there's also very like there, I make like a roasted red pepper sauce, which is basically just peppers sautéed with some onions and a little bit of cream and they like that. So yeah, finding fun ways. There's also butternut squash sauce that I make and we just call them by the color. We're like, oh, it's orange sauce day. Bonjour,
1: friends, and welcome to Whole Body Optimism for Healthcare Professionals, the podcast that's all about embracing a modern approach to positivity, clean living, and personal growth. I'm Dr. Chrissy, and I'll be your guide on this journey to a happier, healthier, and more optimistic you. Today, I'm so excited because I have someone here who has similar interests as me, and she is going to just share so much knowledge with us. And I know everyone that's listening in is going to leave with a better understanding of how do we nourish ourselves. Help me welcome Rachel. She is a certified nutrition coach, and she has the Instagram of Nourish Mom Wellness. Please take a look at her. I'll put the podcast notes and have all the ways to contact her, but thank you so much for being here, Rachel. Welcome to the show.
0: Of course. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to
1: be here. Great. So let's start off with telling everybody, how did you get into this space? Did you grow up as a kid thinking, I want to
0: work with moms to teach them how to eat well? (laughs) No, not at all. <laughs> I honestly, I I grew up always wanting to be a teacher. So, mm-hmm. I went to school, I got my masters, I have a master's in special ed. I was a special ed teacher for about 5 years and then once I started having kids, I decided I wanted to stay home. I had an illusion that staying at home would be easier. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but then I actually didn't really find the nutrition space until I myself needed more help than what I could do on my own. Mm -hmm. I was doing all the things like after baby number three that I had done for myself to feel better in my skin and just feel healthy again. At like that I did after baby number one and baby number two and when I was in my twenties and it just wasn't working. I didn't understand. I'm doing the same stuff. So then I finally sought out a nutrition coach. And that's when I really found that love for nutrition. And now I just love helping other moms and particularly other moms, like balancing, you know, being a mom, still, you know, thinking about yourself and making healthy choices, but not feeling like you're depriving or restricting yourself either.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really encouraging because I know there's probably a lot of moms out there listening and maybe having the same kind of dilemma in their lives of how can I balance? How can I do it all? What do you think is the number one challenge that you see with clients that you're coaching in the nutrition space that are also moms? I mean, it's time.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if I always say like, if there could be 48 hours in one day, I would Mm -hmm. still not have enough time. Right. Like it doesn't matter, but it's also a matter of like prioritizing your time. Right. Like if there's something you really want to do, you'll make five or 10 minutes for it. Right. And so, start off simple, right? Like if that's your goal, but you're a mom and you feel like you have no time, doing something for five minutes is better than doing nothing at all. So I think just getting that mindset that it's okay if I can't do all the things, right? You know, New Year's just passed and there's so many people that made all these New Year's resolutions. And most likely they're not doing any of them because they got overwhelmed. They had too many things they wanted to change and it just didn't stick. So just like one thing at a time, right? Like if you can drink more water today, if you can maybe stand at your desk instead of sitting, if you could put on your schedule when you're going to work out, right? Like just something small that you can do. That's better than not doing anything at all.
1: Wow. Yeah. Small changes, I think, is really the key whenever we're trying to make a difference in our everyday lives. Now, do you encourage your clients to sort of look around and say, this change is not just for you. It's Mm -hmm. for your family, too. Talk me through that and and tell me about any kind of challenges they may have with that or, or
0: inspiration by that. Right. Yeah. I feel like most moms, you know, parents in general are just You want to be the best person for your kids, but sometimes you don't know how to do it, right? But you do, at the end of the day, you want to show your kids how to eat more healthy, how to be more active, right? I feel like every generation wants to be a little bit better than the generation before. Mm -hmm. You do want to kind of teach your kids how to do it. It's not always simple, right? Your kids have a mind of their own as well. So if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. But you know, the biggest struggle is really it's time, right? Just figuring out how to navigate the time that you have with your kids, without your kids and get it all in. Wow. So take me through some of the practical tips that you
1: teach your clients as far as how do you use that time? How do you been the time in your day? Do you tell them meal prep or schedule it, write it down? Teach me through some of those things that you're teaching your clients.
0: Yeah. I mean, meal prep is huge. That for me personally is a savings grace. I actually feel more stressed now if I don't get to meal prep Mm -hmm. Because then that means that I don't have any food that's ready for me in a pinch, right? Like my mornings are crazy. I always have breakfast prepped. And if I don't, I'm like, what am I going to eat? Now I need to figure that out while I'm still getting four kids out the door. So yeah, meal prep is huge. And meal prep, it doesn't have to be cutesy little containers of meal prep. Mm -hmm. I, for years, didn't understand that. I thought I need that three little compartment container and I have to have them all filled with the appropriate things. And when I finally got over the idea that it didn't have to be that perfect and I started meal prepping, I really started having fun with it and realizing that this actually creates less stress for me than more stress. When just scheduling things into your day or you know, like when it comes to movement, getting your kids involved in that, right? Like when the weather is nice, I always go for a walk with my kids after dinner, right? Like it doesn't have to be a long walk, but walking after meals is good for digestion and it's just good to get your kids in that active movement mindset. So that's one is incorporate your children, right? Like it's not, it's not the same. I will say that working out without my children versus getting some movement or exercise with my children, two very different experiences, but at least Mm -hmm. you're getting in some movement find just a few minutes for yourself throughout the day, even five minutes that you can take for yourself to do a quick stretch or maybe pop on a yoga from YouTube or something. Any amount of time is better than not doing anything at all. So yeah, yeah just yeah, just be okay with five minutes is enough. Right.
1: Yeah. Small, again, the small changes. If you're, you're going from zero to a hundred, you can't expect yourself to have success in that. So start with some small little things. Maybe it's one minute, two minute, three minute, and then you're already at 10 minutes, maybe by the end of the week, you know? So mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Is there anything in particular, as far as meal prep goes that you want to teach us about to say, okay, this is a, my go-to dinner that I love to meal prep and have that
0: ready. And what's the process of that? Gotcha. Yeah. So I look at meal prep, not just as always having the food made, right? It could be as simple as having a plan, right? So it really depends on the client, where they're starting. So it can go anywhere from like having the plan to having the meal already prepared. My favorite way to meal prep currently is batch prepping. So I will just make a whole bunch of rice. I will make sure that I have protein sources. So do I have ground turkey, ground chicken? Do I have chicken that I could just grab from the freezer? And then my veggies, I always make sure that I bring them home. And before they go in the fridge, they get chopped and put into plastic bags or containers so that when I go to cook something, they are already chopped. Because for me, if I have to chop it and make a mess and then have to clean it up, it's probably not gonna get eaten. So if I do that, which maybe takes 20 minutes at max, depending on how many veggies I get into my house, it's such a lifesaver when you're trying to quickly throw a meal together. So I think just be creative with what is gonna work for you. I personally didn't eat meat for a really long time. I just started eating meat again. And I have found that the crock pot is game changer. And I'm sure I'm late to this game. (laughs) But if you are a parent and you are not using a Crock-Pot, I highly suggest you start using it. Super simple. Throw it in there. Sometimes I'll even prep the stuff the night before. So then I can quickly throw it in, in the morning, a great way to meal prep. You get dinner and then you get a whole bunch of leftovers or even just as simple as packing up your leftovers, right? Instead of just taking all your leftovers and throwing them into one big container, take your leftovers and divide them up into whatever, however many meals you can make. So then you have a few things prepped and then you can eat them for lunches or dinners for the next few days. Right, right. I really like what you said about when you get your groceries
1: or or get things home and the veggies come home because you could easily, you're kind of like, you have all these fresh produce, you have everything ready, then you just kind of set it all out. All the knives are going to get dirty. The the cutting board is going to get dirty at the same time. Cut up the mushrooms, cut up the peppers, cut up the greens, whatever else you're going to use and then put them stored in little containers. Because also I think what I've noticed, the more I eat vegetables and I keep them in the fridge is the more that they're exposed to the oxygen in the air, they get bad faster. And right. when you put them in a ziploc bag or a container or something where it's airtight, they seem to stay good longer. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of people will put the avocados in the water in the mason jars, you know yes. things like that, you know, but you know that's a a really good point, and I, I really like that a lot. Um I don't use a crock pot, so maybe I should start using it. Um, yeah. What's your go-to as far as like, is there like a meatloaf or something now that you're eating meat or like a chicken? Can you cook chicken in a crock pot?
0: You can. And that's why I didn't use it for so long because I would only would eat seafood and you couldn't really do seafood in a crock pot. But honestly, I even will do something where you just throw chicken with some salsa and some like stock. And just let it cook. And then you have, you can use it for taco bowls or tacos or chicken quesadillas, something that can be versatile because I don't want to eat the same thing every single day, right? But if I can make something that then I can incorporate into other things in different ways, not only will I be happier, but my kids will be happier because then they can get tacos or quesadillas or whatever. But yeah, it's definitely, and the air fryer. If you don't have an air fryer, do
1: you have one? I definitely have an air fryer.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yes. That for veggies is a lifesaver. So like having them chopped and having an air fryer to cook them is, it makes so much less time being used. So. Yeah. The one thing I've been doing in the air fryer recently is
1: kale chips. I'll take the kale all chopped up and then put some oil and then paprika, salt and pepper, throw it in the air fryer. And it's in a few minutes, it's, it's all done. And, and actually even my husband eats that. So I know it's good whenever he's picking it up and he's eating it too. And, and I'm sure that goes for your kids too. If you, you know, something's good when the kids eat it,
0: right? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes.
1: Speaking of kids, I want to talk about that. You have a few kiddos. How do you encourage them to eat healthy and eat clean. Was that something that they were kind of born just doing, or did you entice them with something along the way?
0: How did you, how do you do that? Right. So I have four kids. I have a nine-year-old an eight-year-old, a five-year-old and a one-year-old. So when they were little, like my one-year-old will still eat basically whatever we give her. She doesn't quite realize she has a choice. Yeah. And that's how all of my kids were. They were great eaters. They would eat whatever we gave them as they got older. And they started realizing what they were eating. They're definitely picky. Like my Mm -hmm. oldest is like self-proclaimed veggie hater. Um, Mm -hmm. But we just expose them, right? You don't have to love it, but every night you got a few veggies on your plate and I'm not not overwhelming, you know, Mm -hmm. a few pieces, like maybe a tablespoon size of whatever veggie. And -hmm. they just have to at least try it. You know, it's, It's definitely a battle sometimes and just finding the ones that they like too, right? Because there can't be no veggies. Sometimes my kids will like raw veggies over cooked veggies. So if I chop them before I cook them, I'll just leave some out because I know they'll eat them raw, but cooked, they don't want them. But yeah, it's really, and every kid is different, right? Some of them are okay with it and some of them don't. It's it's phases, like anything else with kids. You go through a phase where they'll eat anything and then they won't eat anything. And then yesterday they liked broccoli, but today they don't like broccoli. <laughs> so I do like to, I don't want to say like sneak stuff in food, but make sure. like- Sweet potato pancakes or sneak certain things into certain foods that they think are fun. So then I know that they're having something nutritious, but mm-hmm. they don't quite realize it because it's not true sweet potato form. You know, it's in a pancake form. So they're okay with that. Right. Um, I like but that. yeah, just try to find like fun ways to sneak it in, yeah. um, just so that they're getting it. And like my older one, I will talk a little bit more about the benefits of it, right? Like you, she's She's very athletic. She plays lacrosse or like in order for you wow. to be have endurance and be able to do these things, you need the vitamins and the minerals that are coming from the veggies. You need this from the protein. You need this from the carbs, you know? So just really explaining it to her, I think it gives her a little bit more justification as to like why she should be eating it. Right. Not just like, oh, I'm eating it because my mom told me I have to eat it. Right. So she has a little
1: motivation outside of just, you know, oh, it's on my plate. I have to eat it. But I like that what you were saying about, even if it's just a tablespoon of veggies on their plate, as long as they're seeing something of it, they can be encouraged that, okay, Mm -hmm. I can just take this bit by bit. Do you do anything like blend up spinach or something and put it in sauces or anything? Like, have you Mm -hmm. explored with that much? And
0: what do you think about that? yeah. so I'll actually when I over the summer, we grow basil, so I will mm. make my own pesto. So whenever I make pesto, I'll also incorporate spinach into it, um mm. which my kids have no idea that that happened. And they love it. Wow. And then there's also very like there I make like a roasted red pepper sauce, which is basically just peppers, sauteed with some onions and a little bit of cream. And they like that. So, yeah. Finding fun ways. There's also a butternut squash sauce that I make and we just call them by the color. We're like, oh, it's orange sauce day. It's, you know, oh, you interesting. know. <laughs> they don't always correlate that. The older ones obviously pick up on, well, I see you sure. chocolate butternut squash. Like I'm pretty sure that's what's in my sauce, but, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just being creative with your kids, you know, getting them involved too. I do find that like when my kids are involved with maybe cutting the veggies or making the salad or doing something, they are a little bit more apt to take ownership with it. So they want to eat it. But yeah, sure. Yeah. I like that about the the colors
1: because I think kids, especially younger kids can get on board as, as far as, Oh, it's orange sauce, you know, or this sauce. So maybe if you have some of those recipes, I can include them in the show notes for the parents. Here. Mm -hmm. Now, what about the moms that you work with that are starting from zero? What can you give advice? Or maybe someone's listening and they don't know they have a problem. How do you find or, or have people identify and say, okay, my nutrition is my problem as to why I'm feeling sluggish, why I'm not losing weight, why I don't feel like I have the energy to get through a day without having three cups of coffee? How do you make them aware that this is a problem? And
0: where do you help them in starting the first few steps? Right. So I think that, like with anything, I think people don't realize it until they kind of hit rock bottom, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you start getting sick all the time, or something happens and your doctor says something to you. Maybe you need to address your cholesterol or you need to address something. And then they're like, oh, Maybe I should also address my food and what I'm putting in my body. So it really, you know, I think it's just something that they have to come to on their own, even talking with other moms and they're like, I'm always tired, you know, well, what did you have for breakfast? I just had a cup of coffee. What do you have for lunch? Mm. I just had the, the leftover sandwich off my kid's plate that might be why you're tired, right? It may not be that you need more caffeine. It may be that you just didn't fuel yourself today and you do need more food. But I do think that like anything else, I think they just need to come to that conclusion on their own, right? I think it's becoming more and more common for people to talk about coffee does not suffice as breakfast. And, you know, all these various things that I think have kind of become the norm over the last few years. I think there are a lot of people out there debunking these ideas. So mm-hmm. I think just making on my Instagram, I'm constantly making content that is like, maybe this is what other people do, but it doesn't have to be what you do, right? Or what worked right. for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And I think, yeah, just, Unfortunately, I do think it comes down to just like getting to a point where you're like, I need to do something. It doesn't really matter what I say to them. Yeah. So what would you give them as their first few steps whenever they're just starting
1: to learn how to eat better and and maybe some mindset tips or something
0: like that? Right. Yeah. So typically clients that I get that are just starting out with nutrition You know, it's usually addressing things. How much water are you drinking? Because it's really, you should be drinking half your body weight in water per ounces per day. How many veggies are you taking in? Are you eating any veggies? Are you eating veggies at only dinner? Are you only eating veggies one day a week? How much movement are you getting, right? Are you getting any movement? Do you have a desk job? Do you never do anything? And it's not even about like, do you exercise, right? It's those. Movements, you know, just everyday movement, your knee, right. like your non-exercise activity. And then you know, look at how much sleep are they getting? What are their stress mm-hmm. levels like? And those two things, especially, are things that moms never think about. They're never like, oh, I don't feel good because my stress is super high and I don't sleep. And as a mom, that's just kind of it's it's become such a the norm, right? Like, well, you're a mom, like you should be tired. Well, yeah, I should be tired but I don't have to be, I don't like my nutrition doesn't, my nutrition should be supporting me. It shouldn't be making me feel even worse. So yeah. So really just kind of like starting where they're at. So, but I do enjoy looking at those like holistic parts of it, because those are typically the parts that they're not thinking about. They're just thinking about, tell me what I'm supposed to eat so that Mm -hmm. I can feel better or lose weight or whatever their goal is at the moment. But yeah, it's sometimes when I say, Had, well, what's your sleep look like? I'll get a look like, like, why is my nutrition is sleep- yeah, be yeah, about yeah. my sleep? Right. Or like, yeah. well, what are your stress levels like? Or, you know, so it's, it that hasn't quite become like super common knowledge that like all of these things, everything, right. you need, right. The people you spend time with, The television you watch on TV, all the things you surround yourself with are really like what is nourishing your body. And if you're not doing the things that are positive for yourself, you're not going to feel good. Yeah,
1: I completely agree with that. My whole body optimism is what I promote and I really do feel like your whole body should be involved whenever you're looking to make a whole life change, whether it be your mind, body, or soul, you really have to break it down piece by piece and think about how what I'm doing in one sector is really affecting all the other sectors of that part of my life too. So yeah. tell my listeners, how can they get in touch with you? How can they link up if they want you as their nutrition coach?
0: I would love to connect them with you. So let us know. Yeah. So you can definitely find me on Instagram. I'm at wellness. My email is rachel at com. I have a website that is Um, And yeah, those are all the places that you can contact me. I do one-to-one coaching. I'm also starting a group coaching program. So different variations for different people and depending on where they're starting at as well, that's always a factor.
1: Awesome. And I will put all of that in the show notes. So don't worry. You don't have to write it down right now. (laughs) Just click in the show notes later and you will have direct access to Rachel. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I learned so much about little things that I'm going to change in my daily life, especially just to review, chopping your vegetables right when you get home. Mm -hmm. I really am going to try that. And I might pull out the crock pot and give
0: it a shot again. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I was like, I said, I didn't use it. It was like dusty in my cabinet. And now I've used it many times since I've started eating different protein sources now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks
1: so much for being here and we will be in touch. Of course. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this uplifting journey through whole body optimism for healthcare professionals. We really hope you found this episode today as enlightening and inspiring as we did. Remember, optimism isn't just a state of mind. It's a way of life and you have the power to shape your own destiny. Be sure to follow us on this podcast and on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about practical and simple tips to find your true whole body optimism.